1: What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. That's the 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got?
0: All right, guys. So members of the United Teachers Los Angeles Union announced a three-day strike that's supposed to start next Tuesday. The workers will include bus drivers, cafeteria workers, custodians, special education assistants, and other essential school workers. The union is demanding higher pay, more staffing, and more hours for part-time workers. And why you need to know this is because if they do end up going on strike all L.A.S.D. schools will be closed on Tuesday, and until the strike is solved, until everything is resolved, there. So, yeah.
1: Wow, that's not going to be fun for parents.
2: No, it will not be.
0: Nope.
1: Yeah and obviously the teachers listen i got no problem with teachers having these issues like and and taking up these issues i, I like you're you're not going to get an argument from me like teachers are, they get screwed a lot in these situations okay yeah, but
2: it didn't so, sound like this was all teachers it sounded nothing. like bus drivers and cafeteria right everybody involved
1: and, right everybody yeah. involved that that gets our children that involves everyone's children needs to that, there needs to be a way for those people to get rewarded in a way that allows them to make a, a decent living
2: well, listen. I mean, teachers are—you know—it's a very underpaid profession. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like, listen—if you want to be—if you want to make a lot of money in your life, um, being a teacher is probably not the way to go. You know, um, but if you want to be around kids and you want to influence young people and you want to, you know, be in that school environment and you like that sort of stuff, then then maybe that is for you. But don't expect to get rich being a teacher. Now, that being said, it is one of the most underappreciated professions. In our country and because it is so underappreciated financially that's why people don't want to become teachers it's the same thing with like cops people don't want to become cops they don't make enough money you know it's why they're always recruiting so i feel bad for all these guys but i hope that this gets averted because man it just suck that the kids have to suffer while the yeah. adults are fighting about money
1: yeah um do you want me to call alberto Carvalho the uh, superintendent
2: of la county or yes. la school district is that the deal
1: yeah I, I, I know him a little bit. He used to be the uh, Miami uh, school district uh, superintendent many years ago. Did they ago.
2: have a strike down
1: there? Uh, not to my knowledge.
2: Okay. I wonder if, you know, he's brought these problems with him.
1: No, not to yeah. my knowledge.
2: All right.
1: So. I, mean, I, I can ask him to come on, everyone. I, I nah, we right. can do like a public service for the audience, you know. If this thing goes, to do it. you know.
2: I'll do it if you want to do it.
1: I'm just saying, like, don't you want to find out? Like, I mean, I would imagine every, a lot of people listening would be affected by this. I don't, we don't need to bring him on today because it's five o'clock already and we're going to be off in 55 minutes, but I'm talking about maybe n- next week. If this thing happens, yeah. He, he, he will, I'm, I'm guessing he'll be busy, but I'll shoot, I'll, I'll shoot him a note. Like, the worst All he can right. say is, hey, man, I'm, I'm kind of caught up in a lot of this yeah, stuff. I, gotta I, got, I got to deal with this. I got a bunch first. of
2: bus drivers looking for a raise here. You know, I got, I got the cafeteria lady who needs a raise. I, got, I don't got time for you, Sidano, and I certainly don't got time for Kaplan.
1: Yeah.
2: Talks too much.
1: Right. Well, is that, that's what Larry said yesterday. Yeah, that's what Larry said. I mean, I don't think Alberto would say that about you.
2: Well, shout out Larry. Yeah. And shout uh, out Larry. Right, that, is,
1: that is what you need to know. And, Lindsay, that's a good what you need to know. Because the uh, people solid. listening, I'm sure, need to know that. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. Jovan Buha, The Athletic, does a phenomenal job covering the Lakers. Will join us in 10 minutes. Let's talk right now for the next five or six minutes or so about Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. He gets, I think, thirty-four million guaranteed. So they mm-hmm. basically get like. T- here's what I would say. Now you tell me if I'm crazy, okay? They get a guy who knows the system, okay? Right away, they can still draft a quarterback at seven potentially, or move mm-hmm. up if they have, if they want to, right? And get their guy of the future, and Jimmy G's kind of the placeholder for at least a year, maybe two, whatever, just depends, right? And I don't think like you're really downgrading all that much from Derek Carr. What do you
2: think? Um, I don't think you're downgrading at all. So, look, um, might you make an argument that Derek Carr is a better passer than Jimmy Garoppolo based on what Jimmy Garoppolo has done in San Francisco? Sure, you could make that argument. But here's the argument I would make back to you. Who won more? Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback or Derek Carr is a starting quarterback? Not even close. Jimmy Garoppolo is 40-17 and as a starter. And then you would argue back to me, yeah, but he played for the 49ers – And Derek Carr's been playing for the the Raiders. And then I would argue back to you. Now, hold on, everybody. Have you read any of the reports that culturally speaking, when I say culturally, I mean like inside the locker room, inside the offices, Derek Carr was not really working out culturally speaking. Why? Because he's been there through all of the mess. And and he's been there through all the head coaches and all the, uh, all the offensive coordinators and all the players and general managers and moving and tragedy. You know, it's like, hey, this is my team. No, it's really not your team. It's my team. I'm the coach. So, George, I'm sure you've read about this, that there was this um, something wasn't right culturally, chemically, between Derek Carr and the organization. Getting rid of that? In many ways, don't take offense, Raider fans. It's kind of like the way the Lakers got rid of Brody. Got to get that guy out of the locker room. Got to get him out of our organization. That was Derek Carr, even though he's a good guy. Does that sound crazy?
1: No, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, it just clearly wasn't working with him and Josh McDaniel. Now, look, I think Derek Carr deserves a lot of credit for all the stuff that, you know, in between Gruden and Basaccia, right? Like, I think that, that that... that year, he showed great leadership. But does that supersede the average to above-average
2: quarterback play? Like, I don't know, you know. Not at all. And, and listen, George, I, I remember doing a game a couple of years ago. The Niners were playing the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. And I want to say it was like the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. I think the mm-hmm. Vikings had gone the week before to New Orleans, shocked the Saints, and then the following week showed up in Santa Clara. In that game, somebody can go back and do some some research here because, of course, I didn't do it. But here, somebody else could.
1: I think what year Jimmy, is this?
2: This is probably 2015, 16, 17 in that range, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe it's even a little. Maybe it was like 2018 or 19. I want to say Garoppolo threw like six passes in the game. Right. I, he was so. Are you bad. saying
1: it had to be 2020?
2: Whatever year, Garoppolo.
1: Whatever year yeah. it was. I was going to say, Jimmy Garoppolo was like still in New England in 2016. Well, I mean, the way you
2: put me on the spot, like, what year was I, I don't remember. But it was not. It was just a couple years ago. <laughs> okay. I'm just asking. So the Vikings go to, to San Francisco. Garoppolo's yeah, the starting quarterback. They do. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that Garoppolo threw less than 10 passes in the game.
1: Well, no, he threw more than 10 passes, but it wasn't, it, you know, it's not a lot of passes. What do you, what do you, how many passes he throw? 11 of 19, 131 yards, one touchdown, one pick.
2: Okay. I mean, I would say that there was that the following week the Niners played in the NFC championship game. Um mm-hmm. and, and I wish I could remember who they played at the time. Yeah. Maybe it was that game where he threw so so I mean, I'm telling you there was this one playoff game where they mm. were like, he just can't throw. So he's not a he's not a legendary passer, Jimmy Garoppolo. No,
1: no, 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 not by any means. He's a Um They played Green Bay the following week. And what happened? I don't know. Give me a second. Oh, thanks.
2: It out. I love that you're doing this research while we're on the air. This is great. Thank you yeah. for doing yeah. this. Mm-hmm. The point is, is this, even if it was 19 passes, mm-hmm. 19 passes in an NFL football game, mm-hmm. that, that kind of intimates coach don't want him throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we think we're better off running the ball than we are throwing the ball. Right. So look, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a great passer, but he is a winner. Can he be a winner with the Raiders? To be determined.
1: So he did throw eight passes in that NFC Championship game. <laughs> See, I was close, George. I was close. <laughs> no, yeah, you had the wrong game, but you right. you, you were right. It, six of eight for seventy-seven yards.
2: I mean, is that unbelievable?
1: I mean, it's pretty crazy when you think about. It. <laughs> right, they're playing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. <laughs> yeah, but they rushed for like two hundred like eighty yards or whatever it was, I, I, something uh, ridiculous you know, like that. I
2: mean, but that, but what NFL team? Raheem Mostert ran for 220 yards in that game and four touchdowns. Amazing. Truly amazing. What NFL football team is less quarterback-centric than the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, dude,
1: the 49ers just went to the NFC title game with a seventh-round draft pick.
2: Right. Yeah. So that, so, so that gets back to your original question about the, the Raiders. What have the Raiders gotten here in Jimmy Garoppolo? You started it off with what? He knows Josh McDaniels. They work together. He knows the system. Yeah. Knows the Mm -hmm. system, knows the language. Yeah. And can go into the locker room and say, hey, guys, I know this guy. I've been successful with this guy. Follow me, your quarterback. And for for Josh McDaniels, they're like, Jimmy, tell these guys I'm cool. I mean, that's what this is about.
1: And, And you just draft the best available quarterback and then just let him sit for a little bit.
2: And. Really? If it's a $34 million guarantee, George, that's, that's less than what the average NFL starting quarterback makes. You know what I mean? Like like Daniel Jones just signed this deal with the Giants, $40 plus and he, million. Dollars.
1: Right. And he's not that good.
2: No. So really, if you... By get the way, start, yeah can we have this conversation about
1: this quarterback bubble? This is insane to me. Like, I don't know if, if, if it were me, if I were the owner of the Giants, okay, and I don't like to be the meddlesome owner, but I'd be like, wait a second. We're going to pay Daniel Jones $43 million a year. For what? Like, how much better is he going to get? Is he going to become a top-10 quarterback? Because if he's going to become a top-10 quarterback, maybe I can make the case for that.
2: But if he's not, we might as well just draft a new guy right? and, and start over. Yeah, well, to answer your question, if, if you're the owner and you say, you know, Daniel Jones, is he really a $43 million quarterback? Is he going to grow into that? And if the answer is no... It's like, well, then what are we doing? Oh, we're just doing what is safe. Listen, the Dallas Cowboys did the same thing. Right, and look where they're at. Yeah, I mean, Dak Prescott, when they signed him to this ridiculous contract, he was coming off of a major, major injury. Yeah. But they didn't want to start over at the position. They were willing to take their risk with him hurt. And what have they gotten from it so far is just, I mean, he's solid, and he puts up numbers, but they don't win in the playoffs. They don't go anywhere. They don't sniff the Super Bowl. Yeah. I would say that the Raiders have created a Band-Aid situation. Jimmy Garoppolo can start for us this year. We'll draft an up-and-coming star player. He will be Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes for whoever the Raiders draft. That's my guess.
1: Yeah, the Raiders just, just got to draft the guy. Just Jimmy's not the long-term answer. Just get get through with Jimmy for a couple of years, and you'll be good to go. Okay, yep. couple of things, couple of tweets here from some of our friends uh, who uh, are involved in the education system here mm-hmm. in uh, Los Angeles in is Southern Shaman California. One of them. Yep, people who work in education don't want to get rich, but they do want to make livable wages. Making less Absolutely. than thirty thousand dollars in Los Angeles is unreasonable. Good unreasonable. luck to the LAUSD employees. Yep. Uh, I, we all agree. Elizabeth Gonzalez tweets in the Sedona and Cap Circle of Trust, uh, which you can join on Twitter. Uh, this is why my sister left LAUSD years ago. Um, they don't care at all about the teachers and everyone else who works for the school. Uh, mm-hmm. Robert Wilkins, uh, mentions it's not the teacher's union going on strike, uh, this time it's the workers union, but the teachers are not going to cross the picket line. So they won't go to work either. No, Union's that's gotta a good do distinction gotta...
2: to make. That's a good distinction.
1: Yeah. W- right. Well, that, that's part of it, right? Like they're going to have solidarity, mm-hmm. which I get, you know, I mean, we're part of a union. Yeah. You know that, right? I do. Yeah, I mean, you just started getting the insurance. You listen to me. Um, union, union's got to do what they got to do, but it's going to be a pain for us parents for sure, a hundred percent.
2: You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks, man. If if you if if the teachers and it's not just the, if the if the school workers strike, and then the teachers show solidarity, and then I got to have my kid at home during the day, it's going to mess me up.
1: It's tough. It's not easy. Not an easy fix. Um, all right, coming up next, Jovan Buha. Are the Lakers an easy fix? We'll ask him. He covers the Lakers for The Athletic. Does a phenomenal job. We'll talk to him in two minutes.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's a great song. Yeah, it is. So the Lakers uh, will be playing the uh, Mavs today. Yeah. No Luca. Kyrie mm-hmm. is up in the air, I, I, I guess, um, at least to my knowledge.
2: I mean, I heard um, both of these guys practice the other day. I thought they both play.
1: Yeah, well, Lucas got a quad injury, so there's that. But Jovan Buha... Uh, I mean, this man was literally going to come on with us yesterday while he was at Disneyland with his kid. And we said, absolutely not. Go enjoy Disneyland with your
2: kid. We can can live without you for a day.
1: Yeah, we we, we can can have you on today. Jovan Buha, the Athletics, does a a phenomenal job covering your Los Angeles Lakers. Thank you for offering, but that was unnecessary. But thank you for coming on today.
3: I appreciate you guys for having me.
2: Yeah, How many
1: rides
3: did
2: you go on yesterday? That's what I'm always curious about. How'd you do?
3: uh, we, We... The little guy got, got frustrated uh, and scared a couple times. The, the first ride he wanted to go on was Haunted Mansion, and then we got right to the front, and he got too scared at the, at the part where the room kind of stretches and you see the paintings. Uh, so uh, that one and, and, and Space Mountain uh, kind of put him in a mood for a little bit. So, uh, But his favorite ride, um, he liked Mr. Toad uh, oh, yeah. and ride, uh, yeah. kind of so, – so, so some of the younger stuff was better so uh but ended up having a great day though and great time and um, I appreciate you guys uh pushing it to today
1: yeah of course man uh glad you got some rides in and he did enjoy it so uh let's talk about this team which I feel like the fans have uh, were starting to enjoy what was going on and then not the case uh as of late um we'll get to your your stuff on Kyrie in a second but let's go back to Houston uh the decision I, I get it from and and you are more uh informed about this stuff than any of us explain to the people what the process is to your knowledge about Anthony Davis and his playing time on back-to-backs
3: Yeah, well, the the Lakers medical staff basically determined that Anthony Davis is at risk of reaggravating that foot injury that kept him out for 20 games, uh, had that stress reaction in his foot uh if he plays on back-to-backs and uh, it's I think where it gets a little tricky is one uh, you know a couple weeks ago coming out of the, the trade deadline uh, in the All Star break, Darvin Ham was asked about uh, you know resting guys on on back to back specifically LeBron and AD, and he essentially said uh, and made it very clear that you know we're not resting guys anymore. If you are healthy and available to go, you will play, and, and you know unless you're injured and so hearing Ad's healthy, that he, he's you know basically playing uh, playing pain free right now, uh, it, it kind of is at odds with what Darwin had said a couple weeks ago, uh, and, and Ad you know kind of said as much of you know I'm pain free, but uh, this is kind of what the, the medical staff determined. So um, you know I do think we, we've seen similar stuff with you know Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and kind of what you know he's gone through with the Clippers and. Um, You know, I think there are certain guys that just uh, are dealing with certain things and and are maybe a little bit more injury-prone that uh, you have to be careful with their workload. I think Anthony Davis probably checks that box, you know, given his his track record and his injury history. Uh, But I think it was more so the optics of it, of Darvin coming out and saying they were no longer going to arrest anybody, and then the next back-to-back, about a week or so later, uh, AD sitting out that game in OKC, which they ended up winning, and so it, it worked out. But then, obviously, they lost Houston game. Uh, didn't have a center really in that game. I, I guess technically, Wanyan Gabriel, although he's only six foot nine. And you know, with, with Mo Bamba out and, and AD out, like there were times in that game it looked like a varsity team going up against the JV team. And that varsity team happened to be the Houston Rockets, who are you know entering the the game with the second worst record in the league. And if you're the Lakers, you were kind of penciling in that game as. This was one of the games like we we have not only have to win but we're gonna win really right. kind of looking at the the end of the season and to lose that game now because AAD sat out like that that's a pretty big blow um, yeah. and that could be a game that that's the difference between say the number seven seed and uh, the number nine seed uh, you know entering the playing tournament which um, you know that that could be the difference between going home or having a couple of cracks at it
2: yeah see if I were the owner of the team I'd say this to the medical staff so. What percentage of likelihood is it that he would get hurt because he plays in a back to back if he's gonna re aggravate? And they say, Oh, it's like, you know, thirty percent. Maybe he might actually re aggravate. And I say, Okay. So let's say he rests and then he plays on Friday tonight against Dallas. What percentage does he have of possibly re aggravating it tonight? And they say, I don't know, twenty five percent? Give me a freaking break. Get him out there and play him. Re aggravate well, yeah. Come on.
3: <laughs> and the other part of it was that the Lakers had, you know, that 35-point that halftime lead in New Orleans the night before. So, uh, you know, they, they ended up kind of blowing it. New Orleans got within 13 and, and, and put a couple scares in them. But, you know, on paper, you could have probably rested AD in the second half if it were kind of between, uh, you know, playing him in, in that second half versus playing him in Houston. And even if it was a matter of, okay, It'll be in a minute's limit in the Houston game, like 20 minutes of AD in that game. I think the Lakers get the W. It really just was, it was a layup line defensively that they had no size or force in the paint. And even having AD for, you know, the first six to eight minutes of the first and third, maybe close out with him in, in the last six, to eight minutes. Like that to me would have been enough with, with the way that game played out. So, um, I, you know, Lakers, uh, fortunately for the Lakers, they only have one back to back, the rest of the season, it does seem like as of now, AD will be resting the, the second night of that. But no back-to-backs in the playoffs, so you know uh, it sounds like this is only going to be a, a one-time thing. But if they end up losing that game as well, and I, I believe um, I forgot the order, but it, it's a Houston Utah back-to-back. And no, uh, it's, it's, they, it's, Utah, it's Utah to and Houston, the Clippers. And no, the it's Utah the Clippers. The second game. The Clippers. Yeah. Okay, okay, Utah and the Clippers. Okay, so yeah, that, that Clippers game is that's going to be a big one, yeah. and um, you know the the Russ reunion and. Uh, you know, obviously Battle LA is, is always hyped. So um, I was going to say, if they lost twice to Houston, <laughs> that, that would be a, a crazy ending of the season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. You know, LeBron James could potentially be back by then. Um, that, that's kind of probably on the early side of, of this timetable. So well, we'll see what ends up happening with that. But uh, this is something that could haunt the Lakers, you know, make, make a mistake at the end of the season, uh, not having that extra win is something that could end up haunting them.
1: All right, let's talk about this Kyrie thing. What are you hearing about Kyrie and the potential of this group moving forward next, this coming off season? I guess.
3: Yeah, well, in the conversations I've had with people around the organization over the last few weeks, um, you know, Rob Palinka used the term "pre-agency" during his press conference uh, that happened right after the deadline, and and that's basically what what I've been told over the last few weeks. Of the, the Lakers made these moves. Uh, in, you know, part to design next year's team and potentially, you know, the the season after. And, you know, as of now, there are no plans to go after Kyrie Irving. Um, As I said on, on the podcast appearance that um, I I discussed it, like you can never say never in this league. Uh, You know, I I think uh, we've seen it time and time again, where, um, you know, a player and a team are linked. Uh, It it sounds dead. And then it, it, you know, brought back to life, but, I think that the really kind of tricky part with this is uh, the Lakers would would basically have to renounce all of their impending free agents and, and a couple of team options uh, specifically with Jared Vanderbilt, who's going to be making $4.7 million next year. And Malik Beasley, who's going to be making 16 million. Uh, They'd have to renounce those guys to uh, get the maximum cap space that they could get to offer Kyrie Irving, Really, a discount because he would, you know, to sign with the Lakers, he'd have to take a discount in the first place and not sign his max. And of course, we'll see what his market is. Uh, you know, we, we would assume Dallas is the favorite based on trading for him and um, you know doing some of the the homework that they did before that trade. But you know, if Kyrie did want to leave, he would already have to take a, a pay count, uh, a pay discount. But you know, a, a guy like Jared Vanderbilt, the Lakers are, are really high on and they view him as. Um, you know, arguably the steal of the trade deadline and someone that could be a starter or, or key bench piece for them moving forward. So to give up on a guy like that and really just deplete your depth for a lot of the uncertainty that comes with Kyrie, um, I think for, for them, the, just them doing the calculus of, of kind of the, the pros and the cons of the situation, they want to run this thing back and, and they want to keep D'Angelo Russell and keep Austin Reeves, uh, retain the, the team options for Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley. I think a couple of the guys that that are still up in the air are Rui Hachimura and uh, Mo Bamba. And, and, and you know, Mo Bamba has a team option. Rui is a restricted free agent, so I, I think the market will kind of dictate what happens with Rui. But um, you know, for, for them, all, all these guys are, are 27 and, and younger, and you know they, they've all had key performances and, and wins recently. Uh, the, you know, the Lakers are nine and five, second best record in the West uh, since the, their new group debuted. So uh, I think. You know, for, for them, they just look at it like, you know, we, we've kind of figured this out to, to some extent of just putting around a young, competent supporting cast around LeBron. And they haven't had continuity in the LeBron AD era. They, they flipped over the roster. And if they get Kyrie Irving, they would be once again, you know, having to flip over the roster with a bunch of minimum guys. And we've kind of seen how that's played out the last couple of years. So right. I think for them, it's, it's about running it back and uh, maintaining this group. You know, there's a chance a couple of these guys aren't back, but. For the most part i would say you know expect at least three or four of these free agents to be on the lakers next season
2: good this is music to my ears hey dude we gotta hustle up but real quick what do you know about the report about lebron and um how far away he is from being healthy enough to at least you know give it a shot here late in the season
3: yeah well everything i've been hearing is him targeting that final week of the regular season just to get a few games under his belt before the postseason you know be that the playing tournament or the playoffs if the Lakers are able to jump into that number five or six seed uh, now I'm sure you guys have seen it by now but uh, Dennis Schroeder at shoot around was asked about LeBron's timeline and you know said I I, I know I, I can't say too much uh, but but German doctors are great and um, you know of course uh, famously Kobe went to Germany to, to have a procedure done on on his knee and um, you know, German doctors are, are renowned for um, you know just their their medical capabilities. So you know that I, I don't know if I don't know if LeBron flew to Germany or, or if he had someone fly out here or, or what, but he was away from the team for a couple games. And um, you know, so Dennis wouldn't give us anything more than that. And, and you know, that w- was actually the end of the press conference. He, he walked off after that. Uh, but you know, that to me sounds optimistic. Obviously. Uh, You know, I I think if LeBron were done for the regular season or or done for the season, Dennis doesn't make a comment like that. Uh, Dennis has kind of been known to to out a couple of things. He, uh, he you know, said LeBron might play until 45 and, uh, you know, talked about LeBron having COVID during the COVID year. So he's he's been known to spill some some tea. Uh, So I think Dennis inadvertently might have tipped the hat that LeBron is is coming back relatively soon, but there's only a couple of weeks left. So I think it, it would have to be the next, week and a half to two weeks. But, um, you know, from from everything I've heard over the last few weeks, it is targeting that uh, final week of the season, get a few games under his belt, and then, you know, shake off the rust, go into the postseason, uh, firing on all cylinders.
1: Yovan Buha does a phenomenal job covering the athletic, um, covering the Los Angeles Lakers, pardon me, for the athletic. Brother, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Sounds good. Thanks, guys.
1: Have a good weekend. All right, coming up next radio tinder we got two more segments to go before we turn it over to the lakers pregame show with Slewa and michael stick around we're back in a couple minutes
0: hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy
0: price, Priceline. You can't do that for me, then it ruins it. Terrible.
1: I mean, he was also in Parks and Recs. I mean, there was that too. But I mean, since you didn't want me to do that, I won't do that. But I mean, he really was great in Parks and Recs.
0: I don't. I never watched Parks and Rec. I was not. I feel like that's one of those shows where like you either love it or you 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 hate it. You know, like Ted Lasso.
2: Oh, has anybody
1: uh, started to watch Lasso yet? I haven't. I'm going to wait it... to do it tonight.
0: No,
2: me neither. All right, everybody, make sure you do it before Monday.
0: Okay. Yep. No thanks.
2: Oh, really? You're Come out on, on Lasso. girl. You it's don't like? Show. The I told show? you.
0: I it just it's just not for me. I just did not find it interesting. I watched like the first three or four episodes, and I was just like, this is just incredibly boring to me. It's not. It's too mentally it's too stimulating. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's too nice, I think. I like the dark stuff. So, you twisted want just stuff, you like,
1: know? drudgery all yes, the time? We do, we do know.
2: Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> Cap, yes, we do know. <laughs> right. If it were a documentary
2: about soccer, you might be more interested.
0: Yeah. I did watch the documentary and the FIFA one, and that was a very long one, but it, I learned a lot. Listen, I go. would kick everybody's butt at a, at a trivia contest. So.
1: Okay. Well, feel Make free. In front of me, all you want. Go ahead. All right, uh, guys. What do we got so, for Tinder?
0: Uber is expanding its new Record My Ride safety feature in thousands of cities across the U.S. Record My Ride lets both riders and drivers record audio of their ride right on their phones in the event of safety issues. Users have to add the safety feature through the app, and they have to enable it, but both parties can begin or end a recording at any time during a trip, and it automatically shuts off after a trip is completed. So this is nothing that's just going to like pop up on your phone on its own, right? Also, Uber says that the audio files are encrypted and nobody has access to them unless they are submitted to the company. But a lot of people have privacy concerns over this new feature. Will you guys be enabling Uber's new Record My Ride? Swipe left or swipe right? Cappy, you go first. I'm
2: going to swipe left. Nah, I'm not going to enable it. You don't have to record my ride. You know, in fact, if you do record my ride, you're not going to hear much because we're not going to talk that much. You know, I really don't. I don't find myself wanting to talk frequently in an Uber, you know? So do you set,
1: do you, you know, there's like the thing you can set for like a quiet ride, right?
2: Yeah. I don't really do that either. I just get yeah. into the car and I just keep to myself, you know? So I'm I'm not enabling that. Are you?
1: I'm kind of stunned that you're not a chatty, uh, you know, a little chatlin, nah. uh, in the, uh, in the Uber ride,
2: to be no, honest No, it's, it's same like on a chatlin. plane. Like when I sit next to somebody on a plane, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't really want to talk to you. And it's not cause I'm nasty. I mean, I will if you engage, but I'm I'm not
1: really gonna see. I've start. had. I, I'm with you. I generally am not a talker on a plane and an Uber either. Uh, although sometimes, um, if you know, it just something. Every once in a while, something will catch my eye, and I'll ask a question, and then maybe that'll strike a conversation. Um, but I think that sometimes those conversations can be like fun. Like I'll give you an example. I was in Vegas. Uh, I want to say for summer league, right last year. And I noticed a bunch of the um, the Uber drivers were Latino, right? So I would always just ask them, "Oh, you know, they get países, you know, what what country are you from?" And I every time I when I have those conversations, the conversations end up being great uh, in one way, shape, or form, regardless of what country they're from. Um, I think because most people don't want to have a conversation with them in Spanish, and I I feel like that ends up being like a, a an interesting conversation. I also had a good conversation on a plane not that long ago with a lady. Uh, who I would have never guessed that I would have had a conversation with because she just didn't seem like like at least openly friendly at first, but became an incredible conversation about family and raising children and all that stuff. It was actually really, um, I think, helpful for me personally as someone who has small kids.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I, I guess you what I'm know. saying is I don't really I don't really initiate it, so I'm not I'm not
1: turning that on. So on if someone anymore. comes to you, you're willing to chat up like a little chatlin.
2: Yeah, probably, probably so.
0: Yeah. Okay. George, how many people when you are either in Ubers or like traveling? How many people would you say percentage wise recognize you and want to talk sports with you? Very
1: rare, I would say, on a plane. Really? Um, I think occasionally they'll notice. So, a lot of times, <laughs> I usually wear like sweats, um, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever, you know, and like a, a just a regular, I dress down on a plane. Like, I don't dress up on a plane. Um, so, like, I a couple of times I've worn. I have an NBA summer League quarter zip right and it's like black and I was wearing like black um sweats and um people think I'm a referee when I wear that like I always ask always get the, do you are you an NBA ref yeah. and I start That's laughing light. and uh, and I, I will tell them no, I'm not an NBA ref and they're like, well, what do you do and that you're wearing that and I'm like oh I work for and I, I it always depends on the conversation because when I open this door and I say yep. I work for yep. ESPN, that's, that's, yep. when the, that's when the floodgates open. Yep, that's when um, which, you know, more times than not, I'm more than happy to have the conversation. Um, but that it's why I don't wear that shirt that often anymore. Uh, that quarter zip anymore, even though it's one of the most comfortable quarter zips I have. Um, and it's dry fit. It's really nice. Um, but yeah, it generally opens that. Con- or if people see my backpack. Because uh, it has the ESPN logo, ESPN NBA logo on it. And then I'll get that question. But you know what? I usually get recognized at an airport by the TSA people or the people at the gate. Like if they're if they're sports fans. That's where I'll usually get LAX plenty of times at the gates. I'll have uh, guys either American or Delta or JetBlue, which is usually the three uh, airlines I fly the most. Um, that'll like be like, oh, Sedona, what's up? You know, like in like quick conversation, like, hey, what's up, man? And then keep it moving but because I'm getting on the plane. But I would say very rare. Usually, it's because they notice something that I've got that relates to sports.
0: Now I find that interesting. You say that because apparently Clinton, who is not also on national sidelines for NBA games, says that he gets recognized everywhere to the point where, like, he has to wear a no, hat and like go places no, incognito. No, not. You know, yeah, um, that's exactly. what he you says. Gotta no, that's no, what you he gotta, says. No,
2: Lindsay, Lindsay, you got to understand. When Clinton Yates shows up in a certain place, I mean, it's like Michael Jackson showed up. I mean, he's a monster <laughs> star has just shown up. You know what I mean? I mean, no, it, it, that, and I that, guess that, the that glove kind of gives it away a little bit. But, he will... <laughs> but I mean, come on. It's a whole different world. George just I mean, kind of fits it, into the crowd, come on. you know? Come on. I mean, LA, there's a city of 10
1: million people. Let's relax.
2: Okay? Well, like, keep going. Let's let's keep it right. It,
1: it, 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 it happens every once in a while. And it's usually because of that, like the backpack or something I'm wearing. Or like sometimes I have to do work on the plane, like getting ready for a game, usually during football season because I have those charts that's always That's a dead giveaway. Ask.
2: That's when people Oh, my God. Do do? I had doing? a guy
1: next to me who grew up in Redondo um, who lives in, like, Denver now or something. That was just like – he saw those charts. He's like, what do you do for a living? And I was like, oh, geez, here we go. Yep. Uh, but uh, it was a fun conversation. But, yeah, anyway. Go ahead. What's, I'm not Clinton Yates, though, so I don't get recognized that often.
0: <laughs> the Beatles. Okay. Iona's Hall of Fame 70-year-old coach Rick Pitino was recently asked about his future coaching college hoops. And he said that he would like to coach, get this, at least 10 more years. While some say that might be a little uh, optimistic, um, he said that he feels great mentally and physically, and he loves to coach. So why not? Do you think Rick Pitino will still be a head coach at the age of 80? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano. I'm,
1: I'm, hmm. That's tough. 80? Um, I mean, he looks pretty good for his age, I would say. so.
0: He does. Um,
1: maybe. But that's I really mean, old. how old was. Um, I mean how old was like john Wooden when he was done coaching you know what i mean like i would have to like i'd have I mentioned to look to back. you guys
2: yesterday Frankie valley's performing dude's eighty eight yeah when did
1: john Wooden retire like what age um I know he retired in the late mid to late 70s if i recall correctly um yeah I'd have to see what what um I'd have to see how old he was at that point i don't know but anyway, but and performing and, like, is different Carillo. than coaching. Yeah. What's that?
0: I would say performing like Frankie Valli. I feel like that's different oh, than yeah. coaching because it's like if you if you're not good or you don't do a good job, like it's on you. And like if you're just like old and tired and like your team stinks, then like that's on you, you know? Like and it's like the whole team suffers from it. I don't know. But, but I, I think like this, it's a little different. Here's the
2: thing. I'm going to swipe right and tell you that I think that Rick Patino could coach for 10 more years. Here's the thing. When you coach a Kentucky or Louisville you know you coach the Boston Celtics those are pressure cooker kind of jobs and what Patino's doing now coaching at an Iona that is a that is a more I'm going to put this in quotes a pure way to coach And does this make sense that Iona, you're not recruiting the number one kid in the country. You're not worried about NIL deals. You're you're taking whatever scraps you can get left over from high school. And if kids want to leave in the transfer portal because they weren't getting enough playing time at a small school, they might come down to Iona. I think Patino is loving this stage of his life where he doesn't have to worry about all the NCAA rules because he ain't breaking them because nobody's going to Iona. Right. He's getting
1: a bunch of kids, right, that, that, Yeah. That aren't NBA players, right? So I think that's part of the equation too, right? The pressure is completely different. Um, I'm trying to think, like, who is who is the oldest? I'm gonna go to put it into Google. How old
0: was Beheim? Was it? Isn't he? In he's his, in his late 70s? 70s.
2: Definitely in his yeah. late 70s. Yeah. By the way, do you, you guys have to like old story at all? all right. Did anybody follow uh, this Beheim story? Just by the way, just side note, radio related. Did anybody follow what Beheim did to a Syracuse radio personality? Anybody? I no, did not, but Beheim
1: was the oldest, 77.
2: All right, here. Let me give it to you in 10 seconds. There yeah. was a guy on the local radio station that covered Syracuse Sports, an ESPN radio station. And he was so negative that Beheim was so mad at the guy that the guy who owned the radio station fired the guy because Beheim was so upset about it. But wait a second Beheim was an investor in the guy's company. And the guy fired know. the guy cuz he was too negative about Syracuse basketball and nobody was hiding the truth. Nobody was bashful about it. He's like, "Beheim's my investor. He doesn't like what this guy says. He's too negative. He's fired." How about that, George?
1: Wow, Beheim ruined the guy's life just because he said a couple of things cuz he was too negative about how bad Syracuse basketball has become. That's those little towns, man. Yeah. You know? Fire that guy. You got to be careful in those little towns. Um All right, that is Radio Tinder. Cappy, I have one... uh, I have a... a, Do you have another one? I was going to say, if we have
0: time... Yeah, I have time for one more if we, you know... since You know, we have till 6. Okay. Uh, This one's a big deal or no deal. More than 1 million fans attended first-round games for the World Baseball Classic. The first round drew 1 million... 10,999 fans making it the highest attended round in world baseball classic history. It shattered the previous record for attendance, which was only about half a million. Uh, Viewership ratings are also way higher and fans broke the record for most WC merchandise sold. Is this a big deal or no deal, Sonano?
1: Big deal. Um, I think people are, people have finally caught on. Um, You know, it's taken a number of these to happen. The original being in 2007, I want to say, Um, but it's it's every four years, and it's taken time for people to get used to it, and I think that now they're getting used to it. And look, I I just think that you know we're now used to, as a sports society, being more into international sports, I think, too, so I think that helps as well. Uh, So I think it's a big deal, and I think it's only good for baseball if they take some notes off of what succeeds at the World Baseball Classic.
2: Yeah, I also think it's a big deal. I, I love what's going on because there's a lot of haters out there that keep telling me, nobody's watching the World Baseball Classic. Nobody. And I'm like, bro, have you seen the stadiums? They're jam-packed. Have you heard them? They're so energetic. They're like, yeah, but it's one game, and it's it's one ballpark. It's not you know, the way Major League Baseball is. And I'm like, yeah, it's not Tuesday night with the Kansas City Royals and the Tampa Bay Rays. I got it. But this, there's so much hate out there for this World Baseball Classic to me it is intended to be and will eventually grow into the World Cup of Baseball. That's what it is. It's just not there yet because it doesn't have the history. But I, I read yeah. these guys like Keith Olbermann, who is, it's a useless exhibition that's intended to get you to buy jerseys. Oh, oh dude. Bro, like, Keith Olbermann, off please, large. bro. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah enough. Uh, John Wooden retired at the age of 64. Thank you, uh, Matthew, who sent that. Uh, so Jim Beheim, oldest coach uh, at 77. And he got some guy fired on a radio station, according to Cappy.
2: Yeah. Uh, so anyway,
1: and also fired at his job as an investor in some other company, too, for that matter.
2: No, he all got right. the guy fired who was a radio guy because Beheim was the investor and the owner of the radio station's company.
1: Oh, right. That That's what it was. Okay. Thank you for fixing that.
2: Nuance, yeah. George. Sure.
1: No problem. Uh, all right. Coming up next, Cappy, we got a listener who's got something for you on Jimmy G. And, of course, uh, we've got... A little dealer's choice, right? And then we had one more other thing that we wanted to... Oh! The World Baseball Classic. I'm glad you brought that up, Cappy. You know, and Lindsey. Because it got me to think about one thing that made me sad, actually. And I'll tell you what the hell that is next. Thank you, Christopher. Shout out Queen Latifah. I didn't know Queen Latifah was 62. Damn. Yeah, man. She looks great. So, Cappy, a couple things. You mentioned the World Baseball Classic. And... You know what made me sad? Tell me. Watching my, Mike Trout play really well in games that are meaningful, like and hitting in big moments in games that people are into. Yeah, and it makes me think how the Angels have completely botched his time there.
2: Well, I mean, listen, that's this is what has happened, you know. And, and I don't know if you saw Mike Trout, but I was I saw a press conference where Mike Trout is sitting there with Mookie Betts and Mookie's daughter, and Trout is talking about how he's having like the best time of his life. Um, Laura, I think you've got it. Let's take a listen to what Trout said. Listen to this, George.
3: It's the most fun I've had on a baseball field in a while. If all, at, at, at everything. You know, it's just, uh, I'm enjoying this. Um, you know, obviously when I signed up, I was really excited. But being here in front of the crowd, you know, in USA when, you know, in the ninth inning and, you know, hitting a homer and seeing the guys all fired up in a dugout, this uh, means a lot to me. And just, say,
2: hey. So here's the thing, George. Um, the reason I'm loving the World Baseball Classic. Is because the players are loving it. Like everybody who's hating on it. Like, are you not hearing what these guys are saying? I mean, Manny Machado the other day Thank was it. asked, "What would you rather win, a uh, a World Baseball Classic championship or a World Series?" And he said, "WBC." Wow, I'm surprised by that.
1: It means a lot to these guys. Absolutely, I know. I know. Because here is the thing: for years, a lot of these guys even the American players would go to the Dominican or Puerto Rico and play in these winter leagues or whatever. And they still do plenty of them still do, but you know, you didn't really get this, like to your point, a world cup style event. And now you have it. And of course these guys want to win. They're
2: like, you know, some of the most competitive people on the planet. Right. But you've also got all this other representation. It's not just the Dominican Republic who's already been bounced. It's not just Mexico or Puerto Rico who are playing right now or the USA, Canada, great Britain, Israel, Japan, Korea, Korea, so, you know, I think a lot of us in America don't realize how truly international baseball is. We all think of soccer. We all think of basketball. But baseball is, is huge around the world. And I think yeah. most of us just assume it's an American sport.
1: Yeah. No, it is. It's huge internationally, too. But baseball has also screwed that up. That is the point until now. But, but I understand and that's what you're not, saying. It, because it's not Major League Baseball running this. And right. I think that, that
2: that's what needed to happen. But I, think, I understand what you're saying about Mike Trout. It's very sad to have a player be one of the all-time greatest players in the history of the game, statistically speaking, and he doesn't even sniff competitive baseball games, particularly late in the season. If I were Mike Trout, I'd come back to the Angels and I'd be like, okay, guys, you know what? Now that I felt that, I'm ready to ask to be traded. And there's probably only a couple of teams. Lake, or I would say Dodgers probably be, being primary amongst them. That could actually make a deal to get Mike Trout. And yeah. even it, with his monster contract, you could still do it.
0: Wasn't it so sad how he was like, it's great hitting home runs and seeing the guys fired up in the dugout. Like, that's so sad because he hit so many home runs for the Angels, but they never mean anything because they're always losing.
2: Yeah, they suck. Yeah, generally. Yeah. yeah. Generally <laughs> Laura just yeah. Laura just gets to the bottom of it all. You know, as a Dodger fan, she's like, they suck.
3: No, wait. Yeah. It sucks because he is a great player, and, and
1: you you know, like, I would love to see him in a uniform with our team, like anybody, right? But it's like he's stuck in a team that isn't going anywhere. It
3: sucks. Yeah.
1: Radio Tinder, by the way, in the last segment was presented by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala, award winning small batch premium sippy tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. So visit their website, tequilamandala.com, and demand the extraordinary with tequila mandala uh real quick cappy uh hold on i wanted to make good on this because we had someone in the community that wanted to talk to you about jimmy g what about him hold on hold on i gotta find it here real quick because i did respond to him he's a very handsome man that's
0: what's
1: about him yeah he is handsome he is good looking Damien. damien 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 here it is damien says hey george tell cap yeah I won two whole games with the coach <laughs> talking about his relationship with Josh McDaniel. Right. Now, he won two games as the starter. That is true. But they won a lot of games when Tom Brady was the quarterback. But I guess that's his point is that no, it wasn't him fine.
2: necessarily winning him there. Hey, listen, that, that's a fine point. It's the same point that I would make to you about Derek Carr and Dennis Allen down in New Orleans. Those guys didn't have some long-term relationship. They didn't have a whole lot of success together. What I'm saying about Jimmy G is he knows the language because he was there right. and he studied under Brady. I well, but it. I
1: think he's referred to when you said the thing about, hey, guys, I know this guy, and he can do good things or whatever. Yeah, but, I've I mean, that's what
2: you need. Everywhere. You need an ambassador in the locker room. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what the head coach wants that quarterback to be. You know, that's why can, nobody can get it along with Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers goes in the locker room, he's like, coach is a jerk, isn't he? Hate that guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> when I came out By of the, the way, darkness- back
1: Bad news for the Dodgers. Tony Gonsolin will begin the season on the I.L., which is not fun. And that rotation, I'm a little worried about it. i got to uh, be honest with you. You should
2: be really worried about it because once you get past Kershaw and Urias, you know, you're have some big problems. Yeah. So you don't have Walker yeah. Bueller. Don't know what Dustin May is going to be. Gonsolin's hurt again. This could be a, a strange year for the Dodgers.
0: You don't even yeah, know Kershaw I, I either. All well, right, I'm
2: yeah. saying Kershaw you don't really know for sure with his health.
1: Right, you never know because the biggest predictor of future injury is
2: uh, its past injury. I, I know a wise man who once said that.
1: Yeah. By the way, Mexico has scored again. Uh, it's four uh, two. They uh, they're now at the top in the top of the sixth inning against Puerto Rico, so they're trying to kind of inch their way back into this one.
2: By the way, Puerto um, Rico on TV when they have P U R, I'm like, what's P U R? Who's P U R? Yeah,
1: yeah. Pur, Purdy, I guess. Yeah. Uh Cappy, Yo. pickleball tomorrow? You got?
2: Yeah. One minute of dealer's choice. Go ahead. You know, I'm really pissed about something, and I, I'm glad Not you much. only gave me a minute okay, because um, I got suckered into buying a uh, package from Hilton Hotels. Like, on, on a phone call, they suckered me into buying this package. I told them the dates I wanted to travel and the city I wanted to travel to, and lo and behold, none of the dates exist. Not possible for me to get rooms on the dates in the city. When I was very, very specific, gosh, that pisses me off just wanted to say that. <laughs> okay, mm. cool. Where are you really, going? I'm going to Arizona for a wedding in April. Oh, God. And, and, and How many weddings do you have in April? <laughs> I have two back-to-back weekends. How many weddings jeez. does
0: Rachel have in April that you have no, to go
2: to? No, no, these are both mine. Mm. Both mine. My, uh, my friend and my, my niece. It's the playoffs, bro. I know, dude, I know. I tried to tell people, don't get married in April and don't get married around the Super Bowl, but they don't listen to me.
1: I mean, jeez.
2: I'm for the love
1: yeah exactly
2: tomorrow pickleball yeah just get a good night rest tonight george yeah hydrate and be ready to go because i got i got big plans for our team tomorrow
1: okay sounds good cappy i'll be there
2: i'll see you there (laughs) sucker
1: dummy all right great job Cappy. great job lindsey and laura uh sleet on the spot with michael for your lakers pregame lakers maps next